0: a lot of people hold off investing because they're waiting for the bubble to burst and I think particularly in Sydney you know when there's an increasing demand population demand that um, it's you know you just got to get on the ladder and just get in there um, and don't just keep waiting for some miracle opportunity to happen.
1: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're speaking to Jared Keene and Penelope Valentine of Rent360, a startup providing investors with a better management system for their properties. We'll discover how their backgrounds led to an ideal partnership, how a suspicious smell turned into the world's craziest inspection and why you shouldn't wait for the property bubble to burst. Also, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinvestory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case studies where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free.
0: My name's Jared Keane, Um, I'm the co-founder and CEO of a property management or prop tech company called Rent360. Previous to that, I've been in the uh, tech startups um, and startups since 2002, uh, since I was 24. I started my first company, which was a digital promotions and couponing company. Uh, called Coupon Star, uh, We took that over to the UK and grew that to be the largest digital couponing company in uh, the supermarket and pharmacy space in, um, in Europe, um, which we were lucky enough to sell to an American company called Coupons.com in 2011. So I remained at the helm um, in London uh, as managing director of the American company Um, or the international arm of the American company uh, for six months and then I moved to New York and worked for uh, um, coupons.com for the American headquarters.
1: Then he returned to Australia and searched to build his wealth through investing in Sydney properties.
0: So I currently own two investment properties in Sydney, um, one in Redfern and one in St Peter's. I used the buyer's agent for that. Um, and through my experiences um, with purchasing those properties and then using the property managers um, who of the company that sold me the property, um, I had a pretty disastrous experience with both of them. Uh, due to level of service, the uh, type of property manager I received, um, the amount of turnover.
1: After going through three property managers in two years with one of his properties, Keen didn't even know who was managing his property anymore. So he sought to do something about it.
0: So, um, based on my technology and startup and digital marketing background, and then based on my experience in the Sydney. Uh, property investment and property management market, I decided that there just had to be a better way um, and look for what why property management and property investors in general are typically quite underwhelmed uh, and or disappointed by the quality of service they receive for the fees they pay to traditional real estate agencies. And that's kind of how Rent360 was born.
1: Enter Penelope Valentine, whose extensive experience in real estate became invaluable as the other half of Rent360.
2: My name is Penelope Valentine. I'm the other co-founder and the COO. I've been in real estate for the last 15 years um, with a variety of roles. Uh, most of my roles have been in the large franchises uh, from a corporate perspective. But um, I did go into property management um, after about four years with McGrath. And I started off as a property manager. I did that for about two years and I did new business development as well, um, which I really loved, and um, had some more children and then and then went back into corporate. I've started a training and education arm for um, LJ Hooker and I've also managed real estate offices. So, I've um, got a good depth and breadth of understanding of real estate.
1: And her passion for property management is something that is easily translated when entering into a partnership with Keane.
2: I think property management has always been something that has been very dear to my heart and I'm extraordinarily passionate about the industry. So, the Rent360 model has been um, phenomenal for us because it's allowed a, a platform to really give great property managers an opportunity to um, own their own business.
1: Jared and Penelope became partners when they realized the potential of their complementary skill set.
0: Truth be told, I kind of stalked Penelope. <laughs> I um, One of the things I learned uh, about my experience with my previous company is um you need to identify uh, your weaknesses and find people that are both smarter and more knowledgeable than you in in those particular areas. So I realized obviously coming from a technology and digital marketing background that um, I was obviously lacking uh, what they call domain expertise or in real estate industry or property management industry knowledge. So I kind of searched um, high and wide. Uh, for someone to come on board with me and, and essentially start Rent360 and bring it to fruition. So um, I uh, actually found Penelope. Uh, Penelope writes some blogs for the uh, property management trade publication in Australia called RPM. And um, I saw she wrote an interesting blog about mentoring um in the property management and real estate space and um, I looked at her profile on LinkedIn and based on her experience both in real estate agencies, property management and some technology and startup experience, I've never come across a profile like that. Um, so I immediately reached out to her and um, for some reason uh, timing was right and she called me about 10 or 15 minutes later and I um, we pretty much gelled straight away and uh, a partnership was born.
1: So, what do they do in any given day?
0: For my part of the business, we're always
2: looking for operational excellence and attracting the top property managers. So, in any given day, it's it's really meeting these property managers, talking them through the opportunity, giving them a look at the platform that we provide um, and talking about how the leads come to them. and really helping them with their goal setting and showing them what they're capable of achieving. It is the best part of this job for me because you see people's eyes wide open when they can see that there's actually an opportunity for them to really have work-life harmony, make some really good money and love what they do again.
0: On my side of the equation, I'm responsible for demand. And so that kind of means... Um, sales and marketing and and attempting to find uh, property investors that would be um, privy to our value proposition. so those that have either just purchased the property or are considering switching a property. and um, on top of the sales and marketing, I also take care of the technology side of the business. So uh, coming up with the product design, Um, which is essentially the online marketplace and the CRM platform that we've built um, and uh, making sure that all of our end users which are essentially both the property investors and the property managers are happy and connecting in a, a productive and efficient manner.
1: And it's no small feat. Jared says setting up the business in Australia has its challenges but the rewards make it all worthwhile.
0: You know it's cliched um, being in a startup is, is is a roller coaster ride but I so I tell Penelope um, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, it's both exhilarating, rewarding, frustrating. Australia can be um, a little reserved. Um, there is resistance and fear of failure. Um, so it's very important to really create a vision and, and sell, your vision both to um, the suppliers or partners you're working with as well as your staff um, and of course as well as customers like property investors to prove that we're an alternative even though we're new and we're young and perhaps a little bit unproven that you know we we're trying to make this industry better And every day, we're working our butts off to make sure that um, we can achieve our goals.
1: Growing up in Sydney, Jared chose to continue living near the beach to maintain balance in his lifestyle.
0: I was born in Paddington Royal Women's Hospital here in Sydney and I grew up in Bondi and I've never, apart from when I lived overseas for work, I've never lived further than two kilometres away from Bondi Beach. When I was at university, I did a program where I was working full-time and studying part-time at a university in New South Wales. So. I actually had quite a bit of corporate exposure um quite early in my career from uh, 19 years old to 21 years old so i was working for volvo um uh, i actually worked for british american tobacco uh, which is something one shouldn't talk about too much uh, it wasn't like it wasn't my number one preference by the way uh number two and the third one was hcf and um After I finished university, I I took a year off and realized that um, spending the next 20, 30, 40 years in the corporate world wasn't something for me personally. And so I got back um, from from overseas and um, this opportunity through a uh, kind of through a family friend Came across my desk and it seemed like the perfect opportunity, something for me to sink my teeth into. Um, I studied information systems and marketing um, from a business degree at um, in uh, when I was at university, and so that first opportunity was, you know, it was kind of um, a perfect opportunity for me to cut my teeth, I guess, as an entrepreneur.
1: Before he went overseas to work, he also bought his first property.
0: I bought a property. Um, which is now my residential home. But when I was living overseas for six years, I did rent that out. So I actually started having some experience as a landlord um, when I travelled overseas. Um, and um, when I, in terms of influences, yeah, I, I guess my father has been extremely influential. Um, he is a, um, quite an accomplished entrepreneur himself, Um, in the technology space and other pursuits and um, of course as any doting father would say is when I guess when you when you have it and have saved a little bit of cash to to be safe uh, it's good to start putting some of that money into property so that was um, you know a a big um, influencer for me.
1: Penelope's lover, Sunshine, also kept her in the northern beaches for most of her life before becoming involved in real estate.
2: I grew up on the um, gorgeous northern beaches of Sydney and I'm still there but I just want to say that after university, I did go to uh, Europe for 10 years so it's not like I've spent my whole life here.
1: So traveling through Europe for 10 years or working through Europe for for 10 years?
2: After uni, I thought I'll take a year off and I'll go to London and I'll just stay there for a year and kind of do the, the Antipodean thing. Um, I've got dual citizenship, so I was able to stay for 10. So um, I ended up working for Soho House over in London um, and running a lot of the events both in the south of France um, and in England as well. And it, it gave me um, incredible exposure, I guess, to the, the customer centricity that you have to have over there to deal with those big personalities. Um, and I spent most of that time in hospitality, uh, but it was a really, really fun experience. I got to do a lot of traveling, so um, I really loved it. And I think it enabled me to be able to communicate and, and get along with varying degrees of people and, and different types of very big personalities.
1: I can imagine. It's It sounds very fun and exciting. At what point did you decide that, okay, it's time to move back to Sydney?
2: I couldn't take the lack of sunshine. Um, I think living in living in London, the sky seems lower, and I would think I was ready to start a family. And the thought of bringing up children um, in you know an, an environment where it's only sunny two or three days a year really didn't do much for me. So um, after about uh, I think I was I went to America for a year, and then I came back in um, 2002 to Sydney, and um, I got a job at McGrath and Corporate Office and. I um, met the head of marketing there who um, we had a a courtship and and ended up marrying and we're still married today so as soon as I, I met him, real estate kind of ran through my bones and so I've been in real estate and he's still in real estate now so we've got a little real estate family.
1: She also worked for various real estate companies where she realized that she wanted to focus on something else.
2: I've worked for Harcourt and for Ray White. So it was for Ray White that I was a property manager. So after my um, first child, I didn't want to go back into a, a corporate environment. I needed something that I thought would be a little bit easier. Um, had I known what I know now about property management, I probably wouldn't have gone into it. Um, property management is uh, its very complex in terms of all the moving parts that you have. So anyway, I started um, with Ray White and I was working full time as a property manager. Um, Then after about um, a couple of years, I'd grown that portfolio and I started to focus more on new business. But the rent roll that I went into was in chaos and I really had to do a lot to tidy up the rent roll. There was a lot of um, things that just weren't happening. So rental reviews weren't happening, inspections weren't happening. Um, So it was a real baptism of fire for me. But over the course of the two years that I was there, I managed to create stability within that rent role and because of the stability we created, we started getting more referrals and we were able to significantly increase that rent role as well which was great and I really um, built a good team around me and created an environment that I thought was a positive one and that really helped to build the rent role as well.
1: This eventually led to her partnership with Jared where she was able to eliminate some of the risk in branching out into her own business.
2: There was a few years, I did some other things after property management, Um, I had some more children and then I um, went into LJ Hooker and worked back in a corporate role and and then I was actually managing two of LJ Hooker's um, best performing offices in the Northern Beaches when uh, Jared and I connected Um, and as much as I loved that role, I just kind of thought that I really wanted to do something else and when Jared pitched the idea of Rent360, it it took me instantly back to when I was a property manager because I just felt like I could have I wanted to own my own uh, property management business but with three young kids and the cost and everything that was required to start your own business it was just it was cost prohibitive and there was just too much to do and too big a risk for me to take to leave my role with with young children and start my own business so for Jared to come to me with an idea where we could actually provide a platform for really great property managers to go out on their own, to be able to have work life balance, and to make some really significant money, that to me was such an amazing idea and, and something that I really wanted to be a part
1: of. The influence for Penelope to start investing in property originally came from her family.
2: My uncle. Um, was a avid property investor and I was always intrigued by how much money he was making with his investment property. So I think there was a seed planted quite early on that property investment and, and property um, on the whole was something that I was very keen on um, as, a, as a young child, I'm the eldest mm-hmm. of four children. And I always, my mum always said I had um, uh, entrepreneurial blood in my veins and I was always looking for ways to to make extra money. So, um, it didn't surprise her at all that I ended up getting into property and then started investing in property when I came back to Sydney.
1: Coming up after the break, we'll delve into Jared and Penelope's property journey, including their worst investing moments. And
2: I went and did an inspection and the, there was complaints from around the, the other neighbours that you know the house was always damp and it always seemed to have this terrible odour around it.
1: The aha moments which made everything click into place for them.
0: If you can find a good buyer's agent, use them. Don't worry about the 1% or the $3,000 retainer, they are worth their weight in gold.
1: And that's next. I'm Tyrone Sharp and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey, podcast listeners. I just wanted to let you know about the podcast show notes I've created for you that you can download at freepropertyresource.com. Inside these show notes, I've included a full summary, details of the resources recommended plus much, much more. Just go to freepropertyresource.com to grab it now. It's free and it'll make the rest of the episode so much more impactful. Again, that's freepropertyresource.com. Now back to the show. Penelope's property investing journey started with a great purchase near Sydney CBD which then led to more diverse property investments.
2: I started off um, with a property with my husband so as soon as we got together, we purchased a property in Surrey Hills um, and it's it's done really, really well. It was a, a great purchase and you know, Surrey Hills is an area in Sydney where you can't really go wrong. Um, after that, we thought we'd try something a bit harder, so we ended up uh, purchasing a property in Kalala Beach down south, and that's something that we did up. Um, so, you know, we, we bought what we could afford and we added value by doing a renovation. And then more recently, we've purchased two properties that we built. We bought some land up at Fridgin Springs and, and built a duplex on there. So we're always looking for a different ways to invest, and obviously the location is, is primary for us.
1: One of the worst property management situations that she had heard of was when a friend's investment property wasn't inspected properly.
2: From a property management perspective, I think one of the worst situations that I ever came across, and thankfully it wasn't in my office, but there was um, an investor who was a friend of mine and the inspection hadn't been done properly on the investment. So it wasn't until they actually started getting um, a leak from underneath the door where they realised that the the water cooler, so the water um, heater had broken and had been dripping water all throughout the bathroom and all in the cupboard and underneath the rot of the house. That it had compromised the actual stability of the house, and it was not thousands; it was nearly hundreds of thousands of dollars to fix this damage. And it was simply because the property manager hadn't been doing the inspections that they said they'd been doing, and they'd fudged some reports. And it really left a very sour. Um, taste in my mouth that a property manager would do this but unfortunately there's there's lots of different there's lots of um, other stories like this where people just don't do the simple things in their role that they have to do and the the consequences of that can be devastating a lot of people only have one investment property and and often it's or quite often it's the the largest investment that they have so to entrust the property manager to do their job, and for these these things to get missed, and for the investor to have to to deal with that, it is um it's it's really quite bad.
1: Another terrible moment came when Penelope received complaints from the neighbours of a particular property which was giving off a very strange odour.
2: I'll give you a, another example. Um, I when I was a property manager, I had been trying for ages and ages to get into this tenant to go and do an inspection. Um, and they wouldn't get back to me. So we always have a spare set of keys. And I went and did an inspection. And the there was complaints from around the the other neighbours that, you know, the house was always damp and it always seemed to have this terrible odour around it. Anyway, I went into this house and I let myself in and I announced myself. And I looked around and it, 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 was, it was the dampest house. But that was because they had no less than about 60 fish tanks there, all with these varying degrees of fish. I don't know where they were living but it was the most extraordinary place I've ever seen. If you can imagine a house with every surface, there was shelves with fish tanks, fish tanks on the floor, all that had all these incredible fish in it. Um, but it was it was the most dangerous place. There was electrical wires with the lights and the heating implements everywhere. It was, it was an absolute disaster waiting to happen. But it has always stuck in my mind as the world's craziest inspection.
1: Wow, it sounds like the hoarders of fishes. in
2: there. It was, it was a fish hoarder. I'm not sure if that's Gosh. a thing but yeah, he definitely hoarded a whole lot of fish.
1: Gosh, so what happened in the end with this particular house? Did you have to... We
2: Well, we went through the obviously um, the legislation in New South Wales is very clear on how you have to exit a person like this and we went through the process and we, we had to get we had to get this person help because he was dangering himself and the neighbours as well. So we went through that process and we had to call um, extra services in uh, to come and rehouse this gentleman and to make sure that he had support moving forward. But, um, yeah, I mean, it could have been devastating if if something had gone wrong or the electricity had blown up or, I don't know, he tripped and fell in one of his fish tanks. So who knows? But, um, yeah, eventually we had to put him into a more secure environment.
1: One of Jared's worst property moments came at a vulnerable time when he was leasing out his property while he was overseas.
0: So let me tell you one that wasn't that was less about the responsibility of the property manager. This is actually my own residential home that I leased out for five years whilst I was away overseas. Um, It just so happened to pass that the building um, that uh, the building of the apartment block had some damp issues, um, and there needed to be quite a large amount of works um, done to the property. Um, there was fighting for years between building insurance agencies and all these different uh, all these different types of insurance agencies until, like, literally three years later. Whilst I was away, and had a great tenant in there, paying me quite a high rent. Um, they decided that they had to put um, uh, scaffolding over the entire building and use my partic- uh, my balcony on my property to uh, store all their equipment, which meant that my um, tenants were extremely uh, um, and understandably uh, disappointed. And so for uh, 12 weeks, I had to give them full rent uh dispensation um whilst all the works were happening and you know sometimes these things are just out of your control and and at that point I was relying on that income coming in to pay off the mortgage um and uh you know there was nothing I could do about it and uh, because of the mitigating circumstances my landlord insurance didn't cover it either
1: Another horrible investing moment came when someone else made a decision about one of his properties that they had no right to.
0: Second story is with the the, the one uh, the first property I purchased after returning home and hiring the property managers of the selling agency and um, this was actually about um, this was for a red firm property about um, a year into the first tenancy. Um, I got a call from the senior property manager. This is after I've had three junior property managers who, you know, you just get an email from and you've never seen that name in your inbox before. Um, and But this was from the senior property manager that actually sold me originally saying, Jared, we've got a problem with uh, the tenants have left. They finished their one-year tenancy agreement. I had no idea. Um, So we've, and because it's winter and because uh, uh, the actual um, conditions right now aren't great, we lowered the rent by 15% and it's currently being advertised on realestate.com. And I was like, who made the decision? First of all, why didn't you tell me that the tenant's had moved out or, you know, even six weeks' notice before they were moving out, and who gave you the authority to make the decision about what the rental value could be? I even advertised that. I thought I had to agree to all of that. And she was like, oh, I just thought I'd make an executive decision. <laughs> and uh, I, um, that was um, the, the beginning of, of the end um, for, for that particular agency. And uh, the beginning of rent 360.
1: In terms of aha moments, what stood out most for Penelope was how to avoid headaches through research.
2: I think the the biggest thing for me is when you first start investing in property, you you don't know what you don't know. And you really I wish there was a you know an idiot's guide to property investing because, there's, it's, once you, there is a formula to investing um, and it can save you a lot of money and a lot of headaches um, if you do your research first. And so many people, and I spoke about this at the beginning of the podcast, they become emotionally involved with the property and they start visualising what it would be like if they were living there and where they would put their furniture and their bed and, and you know having a glass of wine on the porch. And, and that can skew the results and that skews the numbers. And it, it means that you can completely discount great properties because you don't like the, the paint colour um, or you don't think it's in the, you know, in, in a nice neighbourhood. But, you know, the old adage of buying the worst house on the best street is is holds true, um, making sure that you understand what's coming in that area. So what infrastructure is being put in? Um, We, I said to you before, we purchased in Pridgin Springs because we know that there's a a big uh, call centre going in there, which will mean there'll be a lot of people coming to work in the call centre and they'll need um, accommodation. So it's, I think the biggest moment, the the biggest lesson I've learned in investing is that you need to make sure you completely understand what's happening in the area, not just what what the landscape is now, but what's coming in that area. Um, and have a look at what schools are being developed and and have a look at the infrastructure and, and you know what kind of people live there now because that all that detail will give you a really good insight into the the viability of that investment long term and the other thing i just want to add is that investing in property is not a get rich quick scheme. it is a long-term strategy um, and people need to understand that you know unless you're buying properties to to flip you invest in properties for the long term
1: Chad's biggest aha moments relate to buyer's agents, crunching numbers and taking action.
0: I'm perhaps not as a proficient, I'm kind of a set and forget guy. Um, but um, my experience um, over the last four years since um, building a portfolio has been a fewfold. One, if you can find a good buyer's agent, use them. Don't worry about the 1% or the $3,000 retainer. They are worth their weight in gold, and I think it's a false economy to think, "Oh, I'm buying enough, paying another two percent on top of what it will cost." Because at least from my experiences, that they actually save you far more than two percent. I didn't have the time to find a property. I just gave him my objectives, as a, my investment objectives, and he found it for me. So that's my number one personal uh, tip. Um, number two is I'm very data driven and um, I think it's good to use your gut instinct and anecdotal stuff about people in the area and, and what's happening in the future and planned, as Penelope said. but. Um, I was very I had a temp uh, a spreadsheet set up and every time he sent me a property I crunched the numbers to understand everything from um, what the gross yield would be um, to uh, what the net yield would be and that includes things like strata fees and, and utilities etc all the way down so you can know exactly what your um, net income is going to be if any um, for example I wanted to be um Uh, zero geared so I I didn't want to pay any tax but I didn't want to be negative geared so um, I always had to jig the numbers in order to know what size investment loan I had to get Um, and so that's my number two point and my number three point is um, I hope resonates with some people is just get into the market when I came back and this was 2013 in September October um, everyone was saying that the Sydney market was at the top, it's a bubble, it's going to burst. And I was like, oh, I could be buying at the top. But I was just like, okay, it'll come back because I at least have a seven-year horizon. So I'm okay. And, and my properties in Redfern and St Peter's probably appreciated somewhere between 30 to 50%. Um, and I think it's a lot of people hold off investing because they're waiting for the bubble to burst. And I think particularly in Sydney, um, you know, when there's an increasing demand, population demand that um, it's, you know, you just got to get on the ladder and just get in there um, and don't just keep waiting for some miracle opportunity to happen.
1: So, inspired by Jarrett and Penelope's journey, we'll continue the conversation in a future episode on Property Investory where we'll discuss their management strategy,
0: Supposedly at any one time, 25% of property managers using professional property managers are also considering switching um, because of their experience. So um, what I think we bring to the table is transparency.
1: The personal habits which are contributed to their success.
0: You have to maintain
2: that, that strength of mind and of character to try and always look at the positive and know that if something's going wrong, it's a moment in time.
1: And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email, you can text me your email address to 1040 to subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040. 1040 to get your free case studies. Thanks for listening. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time